G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Some huge news coming out of ECNZ when, well, the station, the team, Craig Hutchie, Hutchie over in Australia, quite the Otago Nuggets showing our commitment to basketball. So there we go. We've got some big news. So SENZ's commitment to basketball is a real one with acquiring the license of the Otago Nuggets. An exciting step forward for us. And of course, the Nuggets to our commitment might not be at the level of Dylan Boucher's though. The legendary Tall Black has given a lifetime to the sport as a player and an administrator. Earlier this year, he was named New Zealand new CEO of Basketball New Zealand, tasked with leading the organisation forward and a huge growth period for the game. Dylan is with us now for a wee catch-up this morning. Good morning, Dylan, brother. Yeah, morning. How you doing? Doing good, mate. Doing good. How are you going? How's how's the new role treating you, mate? You, you got you, you, you all sorted for the new role, and how's it been treating you this year? Yeah, no, it's been good. It's been a whirlwind, I tell you. Trying to do it all um, from Auckland by <laughs> Zoom is not the ideal way to move into a new role and trying to do the handover that way, but... Uh, Aside from that, no, nah, it's all good and certainly looking forward to uh, being able to get down to head off some Wellington when uh, when the borders open back up. Mate, you applied your trade on the court. You left it all out there, blood and sweat, and you did it for many, many years. Was this always part of the journey? When you finished, you wanted to give back to basketball in some sort of way and was CEO straight to the top. Was that always part of the, 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 the journey as well? Yeah, I guess no, not really. Uh, to be honest, when I was a player, I kind of, I guess at the end of my career, I dabbled in, um, you know, selling corporate hospitality and stuff like that to kind of see, you know, where I wanted to go. And um, certainly had opportunities to go down the coaching path, which is a pretty natural progression from a player's perspective. Um, but I guess, you know, I had four children and I was like, did I really want to be, you know, travelling all around the world again as a coach? And, and as a player, it's so you can kind of control your destiny as a coach. You, you probably say you can to a certain degree, but you also rely on a a whole bunch of players to be able to execute your game plan and you know, and, and living day-to-day by uh, contracts and things like that didn't seem like the most secure way to, to uh, be able to drag four kids around the world. So I kind of thought, you know, the administration pathway is probably a more secure pathway for the family and so I decided to go down that route and, and here I am. Hey, Dylan, it's Baz here, mate. So you, so you got the four kids. So what sort of... What ages are they, and, and do they remember you on on the court, or is it sort of more now they just remember you as this business person? Yeah, I guess a good question. Uh, so about 20, 18, and, and I've got twins that are 11, so I kind of had two and then had a bit of a break and then decided we'd go for one more, and bang, yeah, it come two. So um, <laughs> the younger one, yeah. yeah. And believe me, it's a, it's a big change when you, <laughs> you go from two to four. Um, and anyone with four kids will probably agree. But then you add twins to that mix and it, it changes it as well. So, um, But no, the, the, the older two remember. Um, remember me probably in my, in my breakers years. The younger ones probably, you know, just at the latter part of my career. But, you know, they're probably a bit young to actually take it all in. So, you know, that's, uh, right now they, they probably know me as dad the administrator rather than dad the player. Are they into basketball? They like do they go along and watch watch games, and they they like the sport. 
Yeah, absolutely. So they, they love it. Um, they all, all four of them play it. Um, uh, the two younger ones, or the three younger ones, actually all play, you know, multi-sports, whereas my older one, my son, one son and three girls, the oldest son, he, he focused on basketball from a young age and still playing it. And uh, the younger three are pretty much multi-sporters. They're into everything and anything going, really. <laughs> oh, awesome. Nice, brother. Nice. 20-year-old. Ooh. Again, up there, mate. They'll be testing you. They'll be testing you daily, mate. Hey, um, let's talk to you about basketball in New Zealand uh, as a you know as an organisation, as a sport in New Zealand. How's how's the growth been? Have you been very impressed with how it's coming from the younger generation? Is it transitioning into the top organisations around the NBLs, just starting the breakers? How is basketball in New Zealand tracking at the moment? Yeah, it's it's really good. It's a really strong place, and we've got a lot of a lot of numbers playing the game. And we just we're just trying to ensure we've got you know clear pathways for all these um, you know young ones that are that are embarking on the game and and being able to make sure we've got everything covered from um, you know male female disability. Um, you know, make sure we're we've, we've got all those. Uh, you know, anyone who wants to play basketball has got an opportunity to play right up to. You know, we've got we've got some really successful walking basketball programs for. You know, we've got a couple of ninety-plus-year-olds playing oh, nice. walking basketball as well. So, you know, it's one of those sports you literally can play from five years old right up to um, to you know ninety-five, depending on you know your abilities and and, and capabilities. So, we we want our sports to be known as you know a really inclusive sport, and um, that no one gets left behind. That it's affordable. That it's you know all those things that are that are really important. Um, are we there yet? No, not on all those fronts. But that's certainly the goal was to get there and and make sure we're able to do that. No. Still, and I love basketball, mate. But I always had a problem that the hoop was just a little bit high. So hopefully, you've got a little, you've got a little competition there where you can just drop the hoop a little bit for us, sort of four foot nothing fellas at some stage. Mate, I want to talk to you about this uh, uh, a sport which I loved watching um, through the Olympics, and, and that's three x three basketball. I found it fascinating, and of course now, you know, it's going to be at the Com Games. It's pretty exciting that our New Zealand side is going to be over there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge opportunity. It's kind of, I guess, uh, um, for a lot of the people at home listening, it's it's the, it's the sevens version of basketball. So, you know, it's a, you only need three to play it. Um, and then, you know, you obviously a great opportunity to, to touch the ball because a lot of sports when you're, when you maybe uh, there's four really good players in yourself and you're, and you're not as good as them, you probably don't touch the ball as much. And, you know, in 3x3, you've got to use everyone because it's, it's using, you know, basically a, a kind of a third of the court and, you know, you move the ball around and you've got to shoot the ball so quickly. Um, different shot clocks and things. It's a faster game. It's a more physical game. Uh, we're seeing more and more players uh, starting to really focus on this side of the game and uh, probably a lot like sevens. These guys will be specialists. 3x3 players in the series is and they will be in the future as well but what an awesome opportunity uh, for us to be able to you know, go to the Commonwealth Games for a 3x3 format and you know, certainly you know, I'm excited for the future of the sport because it's, I can see more and more of our young like I say younger generation love the game our numbers are just in the 3x3 space are going through the roof so uh, we're going to see more and more specialist 3x3 players coming through as the, as the years go on It's sort of like a kind of pick up basketball isn't it and it's and it's really it's the t20 sort of version of basketball as well with the the music and the physicality and and the personalities that but to me it just looks like the perfect sport to be able to really commercialize and and uh, and, and grow franchise type of of uh of basketball is that on the radar for for you as uh, as the big cheese at, at uh, new zealand basketball 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our thing is about growth. We need so the how the three x three system works globally is um, through FIBA is you get points for tournaments. So the more you play, the more points you get, which helps you qualify. And you know, for us, we've qualified as number one in both men and women out of out of Oceania, uh, out of Asia. Uh, so for us, we're certainly certainly really proud of that, and um, that was through just our you know the our determination to run tournaments and be able to you know host games and things like that. So. You're right. It's, it's, it is almost like the party side of the sport, which I think is why kids love it. You know, it's, it's, you've got the beats playing in the background. You, you know, it's fast. It's physical. It's, um, but it's also you, you can you, because the points. You know, for a, a normal game, a three pointer and a two pointer is only one point difference. And um, you know, for us, when you're playing three x three, the it's double the points basically for a three pointer. So you only get one for a normal shot, and then two for a three pointer. So it's actually, you know, you, when you're going up in twos, you can get right back in the game really quickly. Um, so you're seeing it's really focused on shooting, and you know we're hoping that this will really help our, our kids develop their shooting and, and become better three-point shooters because that's how the game is played in three x three space. It's basically you're either dunking it or you're shooting a three, and for those that can't dunk it, like you were talking about before, um, you, know, you take the easy layup and you can get back on D. So. That's uh, an exciting sport, um, and we're, we're certainly uh, looking to introduce more and more tournaments through every age group, from community right through to, to the high-performance side of things. Yeah, I think it's got a huge growth, huge upside. I think it's going to be go off if someone picks it up and creates a little IPL, a little competition around the world, get the big names going on the Maybe draft, there's something like Let's get a franchise. franchise. Yeah, all right. Yep. Otago Nuggets, a eh? little three-on-three. Three. How good. Yeah, Hachi. Hey, um, quickly, before we let you go, Dylan, um, what about the breakers, mate? Have you been quite involved, heavily involved with the situation over in Australia? Obviously, COVID has uh, affected the start, and, and a lot of the you know, coach, obviously, Dan Amir got COVID. Matt Walsh got COVID. A couple of players. Have you been involved with the talks to try and um, you know, get through that solution? I know they played their game on the weekend, but how have they been going over there and, and, and give us a wee update and... Uh, the breakers, yeah, still still really close with a lot of the, a lot of the players and a lot of the staff. So you know, keeping regular tabs on what they're doing, but um, not don't have a lot to do with the day to day running um, and that side of it. For you know, for breakers kind of sits, I guess, outside of uh, basketball New Zealand. But however, uh, nevertheless, you know, I'm still got a passion for for the breakers and still want to see them do well. And I just. They, can't, they can never catch a break when they're bloody over there. It's uh, you know they, it's tough enough what they're having to do, and you know they're backing it up after doing it all last year and, and staying in Australia. And you know it's just it's just tough. And then they go and now they've got to deal with the, the COVID situation. But that's I think it's inevitable. Um, we're going to see it in a lot of sport. There, these you know even though sport is going to get back on its feet and, and continue on, we're still going to see these disruptions of you know players in every sport are going to start picking up you know COVID and. It's just you know, how we manage it and how we deal with it and um, how they, you know, how the medical teams can get them back back on the court um, as safely as possible. So it's a, it's a risky one because it's still such an unknown variant um, of of how it affects everyone and obviously it does have an impact on everyone differently. So uh, vaccinated or non-vaccinated. So it's it's a really interesting space we're working in now and gives the medical teams even more to, to worry about when they're going on tour and things like that. And I'm, you know, I'm sure you know like the, with the but the cricketers going over to places like India and places like that, you know, it's, and we're going to be the same. With a lot of our tournaments are played up through Asia, so uh, we've got different opportunities to be able to, um, you know, have to go up in some pretty strict protocols and things like that. 
Uh, just just pick up on something you mentioned there about vaccinated, unvaccinated. As as a, the boss at New Zealand Basketball, is, has that been an issue that you've had to to deal with, or has it sort of been been pretty straightforward? We haven't had to tackle anything head on just yet because all of our basically all of the tournaments um, due to the um, due to the mandates and stuff have been cancelled for 2021. So our first tournament's coming up in 2022, but. As basketball is predominantly an inside played sport, uh, a lot of our, a lot of our um, tournaments are mandated by the venues, so um, we we pretty much just have to follow protocols from a venue perspective. Uh, but in saying that, we we certainly um, are going to be providing our associations with recommendations on the on the vaccine things that we haven't we haven't provided that to them yet. We've certainly had a lot of conversations with Sport New Zealand and our associations about what is best for our sport. Um, but obviously with the new traffic light system coming in, it's becoming inevitable um, that vaccine passes are required just about just about New Zealand wide in, in most venues. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, I guess it's essentially uh, for us uh, being able to follow those protocols and make sure that we're doing everything we can to, to like, I said, like I said to you earlier, making our sport still a, a fair and inclusive sport. Yeah, nice, mate. Big decision, sport, and, wow, the world is a constantly changing climate, mate. We really appreciate your time on the show, Baz and Izzy, for breakfast. Dylan Boucher, CEO of New Zealand Basketball, mate. Uh, loved your work on the court, and I'm sure you're going to do great things off it as well with Basketball New Zealand. Thank you so much for your time, brother. I no, appreciate it, guys. Thank you, and keep up the great work. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Great to chat there to Dylan Boucher and... Obviously, some exciting news with the NBL as well, Bears, with ECNZ acquiring the Otago Nuggets and then the Tuataras um, taking over the Huskies in the baseball world and the baseball you know, Auckland Tuataras are a great outfit up there. So there's some ever-changing climate, and I think it's going to do great things. And we could just see the NBL over in Australia, um, the, the basketball competition over in Australia, how big it is and the big players. You've got to think, like, last year they had LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball playing... Um, over in Australia, and now he's probably the biggest name in the NBA at the moment. Biggest name in the NBA, carving up. So it's a great pathway. Hopefully we can get some form, you know, potential NBA players coming and playing New Zealand uh, for our NBA, NBL size. Maybe the Otago Nuggets, mate. And what are you? You're the, what were you, the coach? You're the coach, I'm the mascot, and I'm the, I'm the, um, the ground announcer. So we'll get down there and fly <laughs> our trade for the SCNZ Otago Nuggets, eh? Uh, this year has been a great one for New Zealand football with many of our young talents thriving on the world stage while most of them are applying their trade in Europe. Phil Tuiluma has achieved great success in the United States. His team, the Portland Timbers, are close to completing a dream run in the MLS playoffs after punching their ticket to the grand final with an impressive win on Sunday against Real Salt Lake. They now go on to face New York City FC in front of a home crowd. Bill joins us now as he gets set for what should be an epic game. He's on the line right now. Bill Tuiluma, how are you, brother? Yeah, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, good. Hey, tell us about this dream run. Fourth seed, you've tipped over. Oh, man. And the comp, and now you got a home final. Tell us. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, It's really good. I'm really excited. You know, the whole team. The whole staff, uh, the people behind the scenes, we just, you know, everyone's worked so hard to get us to this, to this spot right here. To have it at home, it's actually my first, this is actually my first home final in my career. So I'm very stoked and, um, 
you know, we we said from the start of this uh, of the season that we were, this team's going to do something special, and you know, winning winning the uh, Western Cup uh, Conference final against uh, Salt Lake at home as well. It was um, you know, it was a good achievement to get, and now we got one more game, and you know, the players are all focused and um, getting getting training done and getting what we need to prepare for ourselves for the game. Tell, tell us when you're fourth seed and you're heading into the playoffs. What were the messages from from the leaders, from the coaching group, when you know you got your backs against the wall, you've got to head away and potentially, you know, beat beat yeah. the top sides, and you've done that. What were, what were the messages and, and from the from the group and the leaders and the coaches? When you... Um, it was just it was just being focused, you know, being calm. Uh, you know, we you know getting that fourth place was uh, very important to to have our first game at home. You know, play Minnesota. Um, winning that as well at home it was just a it was a big it was a big win, and then um, going away to uh, Colorado, which is not easy uh, to get a win there. We got there, you know, we just um, you know we stayed focused. So, so we took each game, we took it as a cup final. You know, we treated it as a cup final, and you know we treated it as like you know it's our last game. We're gonna you know, leave it all on the pitch, and uh, for us to do that uh, for these uh, the three games. And then now we've got the MLS Cup final at home, which is, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy, it's wild. And, you know, we're all just uh, very excited, but at the same time, we are very focused and, you know, focusing on what we need to do on the field and, you know, also getting help from the physios and what we need to get um, to get ourselves to be in the best position to be ready for Saturday. Yeah, nice, bro, nice, bro. And that's what finals footy is about. You've done all the work. It's all about mental and getting the body right. For this week, yeah, mate. For tell sure, us about yeah. the support in Portland, mate. What's the week going to be like for Portland fans? For you, Portland oh. fans? <laughs> are, are they are they crazy mad, brother? And come come the weekend, yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah. yeah, man. Even the Western Cup final, the uh, fans were unreal. Uh, knowing when I first got here, I had no idea what uh, you know what what's the fan base going to be like. I had you know, as soon as I got here, I felt that okay, this is a this is a uh, soccer city. The fans are very passionate and they're much behind the team. They're like a top player in the field. But um, the fans are all excited, I can tell. Um, I, I, I believe it's, you know, the tickets are going to be all sold out in less than 24 hours soon. So, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the fans are very excited and we also can't wait you know, to have, to host the MLS Cup final at your home, home soil is, uh, you know, you can't, you can't beat that. <laughs> It's gonna be an epic battle. I'm looking forward to it, mate. And t- tell us about the MLS. The MLS as a, as a league, I've seen it grow from year to year. Yeah. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a lot of traction now. Do you feel like it's a one of the major uh, soccer leagues going around around the world at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's still growing, um, which is which is good. Getting more teams in. Um, I think uh, Charlotte. Uh, Charlie FC are coming in uh, next year, which is uh, for the East side, which is pretty good. You know, the more teams that we have, the more attraction that, you know, players are going to be looking in the States and, you know, and, you know, say, that, oh, well, the MLS is, you know, is growing and it's becoming a popular sport in America, which is good. You know, it's, uh, you know, we, people know these basketball, these baseball and, you know, these ice hockey, NFL, got all these sports to compete with here in America. But, um, but football is coming up very quick. Yeah, bro, I've seen its growth. I've seen a couple of stars heading over there. People buying teams and yeah. and things. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's, it's been growing, and I think it's going to become an actual general pathway for yeah. 
most soccer yeah. uh, players around the world to actually fly their trade. Um, let, let's talk about this this week. How does this trip, how are you going to be uh, approaching this trip, dif- uh, this final differently to 2018? I know you're part of the team in 2018. Uh, when yeah. you lost the final, your runners up. What's the difference? What's something different you're going to do this week to hopefully you can get the get the trip? Um, I think, yeah, I think, you know, we, like I said before, just stay focused, um, you know. Mm. Um, especially at home, you know, it's, uh, I know it's going to be exciting. I know it's going to be, you know, some, you know, crazy fans out there. It's, uh, you know, you just need to stay, stay calm, uh, focus on ourselves, uh, focus on the team. You know, don't worry about anything else that's going outside, outside of, of the team. You know, we just focus. We've got a 90, 90 plus minute game. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully score, um, you know, four early goals and then, um, you know, play out the whole game and, and lift up the trophy. So we know that's down to us and we need to stay calm and stay composed, uh, focus on ourselves, focus on the team to, uh, to prepare us, uh, put ourselves in the best position to uh, go off and play against uh, New York FC. You know, they are, they are a good team. Um, and we, uh, we're going to take this week, um, you know, take it day by day, have, uh, you know, video sessions and, you know, scout, scout our New York FC as they would do, do the same for us. So yeah, just staying, staying focused and staying calm, uh, focusing on the team, focusing on us. I can hear it in your voice, brother. You're really focused. You're really focused. I know you want to get yeah. the pizza, you yeah. celebrate, and maybe get a drink sure. out of there. Yeah. But um, how are you doing, man? I know. How's yeah. How you been How's the body? I know you had a little leg injury. Doing great. Yeah. All white strip for UAE. Yeah. How you been progressing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, you know, body's healthy and uh, you know, getting prepared for this uh, this weekend. In the exciting time, um, but yeah, wish uh, wish the family could come out here. Uh, but again, for the the COVID protocols, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of difficult. But it's all good. They're, they're in my heart and the whole of New Zealand as well. So yeah. Hey, you left at such a young age. A lot of Kiwis never really got to see little Tuiloma and flesh. We you coming home anytime soon. You're gonna be home for Christmas. When, when's Bill coming? Um, yeah. Well. Um, uh, we'll have to see after this, after the after the game, and then uh, figure out what's uh, what's the plan. But yeah, we'll see. Oh, he's keeping a tight lip. Probably gonna surprise mum and dad eh, in the family, so he doesn't want yeah, to get it out. Of yeah, yeah, I can't. I, I you know I can't. Yeah, you know, don't want to put out any clues out there. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, we really appreciate your time on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Um, keep going appreciate well. Appreciate it, guys. And I wish you and the team, Portland Timbers, all the best this weekend. Go out there. Give it all. Stay focused, like you've said. And uh, hopefully we can catch you back in New Zealand soon, bro. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. That's six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled that. Baz and Izzy are talking cricket. Thanks to Rosine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Yes, it is time to talk a little bit of cricket and oh, how good a cricket when we're talking the Ashes. What a series. The biggest series in the world, let's be honest, followed by both nations and also everyone else around the world. It hasn't been without its controversy either. In the lead out first, England, well, they were going to try and take on Australia down under with no Ben Stokes. Then Ben Stokes jumps on the plane. All of a sudden, they're, they're a right royal chance. Jimmy Anderson omitted last minute. That's all that's going on on the England side. And they've had a pretty quiet lead in compared to the Aussies. Tim Payne, skipper, gone. Pat Cummins installed as skipper. 
<laughs> the bowler is skipper. How's that going to go? Steve Smith, well, he was gone. Now he's back in in, uh, in a leadership position. Vice captain, there's all sorts going on. And what? who better to talk to than the old mate Rob Key over there in the UK, former English cricketer, a very, very respected pundit and commentator around the world as well. And we're very lucky to have been able to chase him down. We had our problems getting a hold of him. I thought he was still on the golf course. But he's very kindly joined us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Looking forward to talking to him, finding out how the ash is going to unfold. Good morning or good evening to you there, Rob. Yeah, good evening here. Good morning there. I mean, talk about me playing golf. All I see on Netflix is you and Tuffles. You know, what a gig that's been. You've just been going around playing golf courses, doing God knows what. You know, all these courses in New Zealand. I mean, that's the best gig I've ever seen. So much jealousy there, isn't there? I can I can just sense the jealousy there. We could probably get you a gig on that as well, Keezy. We know you love your golf, mate. I mean, you'd be good fun, good tourist as well. It was a good crack, that. Have you, have you caught up with the cat at all? He's been on our show a couple of times. No, I haven't seen him since the summer, I don't think. But he's on a question of sport tour at the moment. The last one, I think it's the end of an era for him. Now they've just changed the captain. So, he, you know, he's he's back to cricket full-time, I'd imagine. Oh, crikey. How's your golf, by the way? Before we get into it, Izzy's got some hard-hitting questions he's going to ask you in a minute. But how's your, how's your golf going? <laughs> I'm so close to Utopia, it's just, um, but I mean, I can almost touch it with my game at the moment. You know, I, it's just, you know, I'm thinking every day is a journey and I, and I am so close. You know, if I break a hundred, I'll be lucky soon at the minute, but I'm close. <laughs> oh, good man. Good man, mate. Uh, so here on Baz and Izzy, we love, we love talking, you know, all things outside of actually the really important conversations, but every now and then we touch on this, on them. And uh, the Ashes is the biggest story in cricket at the moment. What do you make of the two the two squads, mate? Yeah, I mean, you start with England, like you said there a minute ago. You know, I wouldn't have left, left out Jimmy Anderson, but I get the feeling, and I've sort of heard the odd whisper that he's not. He might be ninety percent fit. You know, I don't think he's a hundred percent. I know bowlers aren't always at a hundred percent. So I sort of get that. I'm surprised they've left out Broad, but they'd argue that Broad wasn't the man in possession. I personally, for this Ashes series, would have just gone my most experienced lineup, uh, which would have included Broad and Anderson, because they haven't played any cricket and the Gabba with the rain they've had. So I, I think, the, I mean, you know what it's like. I think the Australians would be the happiest that Anderson's not playing in particular. Uh, I think they've got a chance. I think Australia... They're obviously a good side, but I think that, I mean, see their own doing. The whole Tim Payne thing I thought was a disgrace. You know, I thought Tim Payne got absolutely hung out to dry by Cricket Australia just trying to save face for feeling they hadn't done what they should have done two or three years ago. Um, and that's caused a bit of chaos. But, you know, Australia, they are a good side. But England, England have a chance. Australia are just favourite. Do you think, hey, mate, Rob, it's Izzy here on Bears and Izzy Freaks. Great to have you on the show. But, hey, do you think because of what's happened with Tim Payne and, and the controversy there that it's kind of given England a little bit of confidence? And would there be a little bit of sledging out there, mate, regarding a bit of that and, and this that goes on with the Ashes? We know how full noise it is. 
I don't know, actually. It's going to be an interesting one to see how both teams uh, carry themselves with that. Um, but I don't... I mean, when it when it all when all said and done, all the talk and everything will be irrelevant to, you know, what it's going to be like for that England team and the batsmen in particular. You know, that Australian side that is a good bowling attack. You know, I'd imagine Dave Warner will be niggling at them. Um, it's you know, it's going to be fascinating to see this first sort of hour. Often, you think sort of sets the tone for the whole series. Often. Mm. Mate, what does Ben Stokes do to this team? A squad like, you know, with England, him coming in, probably the best all-rounder in the world, I reckon. Ben Stokes coming in, does that you know, boost the morale of the England squad and give them so much confidence heading into this this first test? Yeah, I, I think it does because he, not only is he a, he's a brilliant cricketer, he balances the team so they can play their seamers and their spinner. And but I just think that England over the last year, and we saw it when they when New Zealand came to England and beat us over here. England was so timid in the way that they played when they didn't chase down a score at Lords, all that type of stuff. And you just think Stokes won't stand for that. You know, Stokes is a sort of cricketer that will drive them forward. I don't think you can go to Australia and just defend your way. You know, try and get big first innings runs by batting time. You've got to be positive, and I think Stokes will lead the charge with that. You know, and if they're chasing 270 in a day, effectively, or 70 or 80 overs, Ben Stokes will be saying, All right, let's make sure we're having a go, go for this, which they didn't do when he wasn't there early on. So I think he's massive in the mentality of that England team. And Baz would know more about that than any. I mean, that's what he did, and that's what you need out there. Yeah, I, mean, I totally agree with you. I think that's the beauty of Stokes. It's not just his own batting and bowling and fielding. Um, it's it's the ability for his presence and his mindset to drive all of those around him and inspire them to actually take the game on. And if you're going to beat Australia in Australia and, and you're probably a little bit outgunned, then you've got to do something different, right? And Stokes has that, and, and he'll be pushing them towards the danger, no doubt. Hey, um, mate, where, whereabouts in uh, the Australian lineup do you see some potential weaknesses that, that maybe England can try and drill down into? I think I think as well. If you, Australia's strength is obviously there. You've got Warner. If he has a good time of it, then you've got Labuschagne and Smith. And then the rest, England will fancy. You know, I, I think Green's a good player, the all-rounder, the youngster. Well, the guy's just sort of come in. He looks like he's going to be a really good player. But you know, so you've got Harris at the top. I think there's a chance there. So Warner becomes so key for the same thing we're talking about. Stokes, if he can sort of go hard at this relatively inexperienced bowling attack now. Then England have got problems. So, and then you've got, what, Travis Head coming in. You've got people who are then unproven coming in. You've got Carey coming in as the keeper, who I think is a good player, actually. So they will feel that it's all bar that top three, and their bowling is strong. That's about um, a very good mate of yours. Shane Warne, he's been he's been on Baz and Izzy for breakfast as well. He's he's had a good go at Mitchell Stark, hasn't he? The last little while, giving it to him. Do you reckon? Do you reckon Stark's just maybe a little bit? Uh, he's coming in a little bit fragile as well. I know Warney's got him in the gun more than any. I mean, Warney had him in the gun for for the World T Twenty as well, which they ended up winning. And he got smashed. I was at that final, and he got smashed in Stark. And you think that Stark's thinking, well, you know, no one's going to have a go at me in white ball cricket because I'm a, I'm very good at that. 
So, uh, you know, he's under a bit of pressure. And the same with Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon struggled. He sort of got Nathan Lyon in there as well a little bit. Because they had a, the Australia hadn't played any test cricket, it seems, for ages. And the last time against India, both of those two struggled. So it's like, but you know what it's like. I mean, that's a year ago, pretty much. So surely you, you sort of start afresh. They're not, you wouldn't think they're going to continue that sort of form going into this series. Because that could be the difference, you see. That Nathan Lyon, when England could argue they're sort of much of a much, just they've got some great batsmen. England have got Root, Stokes, people like that. But the spinner, if Lyon, but I mean, Lyon is, you know, by far and away the better spinner of the two. Take nothing away from Jack Leach as much as I've just dug him out. But there's no doubt, no doubt that Lyon on form is better than, you know, Jack Leach. So, so that, and he's had the wood over some of these England batsmen. But he needs to find his rhythm again. Yeah, fascinating. Hey, quickly, just before we let you shoot off, Rob, I know you're a busy man. If England are going to have any success in this series, what match and where do you see them targeting to, to get the, the series win come match five and, and lift the ashes a little oon? Well, you see that they will say the day-night cricket, they could end up with two day-night games, one at Adelaide, one at Melbourne because of the Perth test being called off. But I actually hope they don't. I mean, I'm sick and tired of people trying to overthink cricket and I think, oh, we'll play this team in three test matches time and we'll make sure Anderson's fit for the day-nighters. I mean, they just try and win every game, obviously. And there's no better chance than at, Bri- at Brisbane. I mean, they lost there the last time. It's no longer the fortress, you'd say, after Tim Payne chirped Ashwin and Ashwin came back at him. You know, so no time like the present to start. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever overthink it, cricket, and, and do you overthink golf, Easy? No, I overthink golf. I never. I maybe could have done with overthinking cricket a little bit. We used to have Andrew <laughs> Simons, if you remember him, and he used to just, you know, you talk about batting, and he'd just say, mate, see ball, hit ball, and that was it. But golf, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. You know, I've got a head full of cartoons at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right, so you're uh, are you are you covering any of the the cricket? Uh, well, are you getting out to Australia, or are you just going to park up over there and just earn all the pounds there with uh, with Wardy? Correspond. <laughs> no, we, we sadly the, the the Ashes is on BT Sport, so we're sort of sitting up just watching it as a punter now. Which I don't know if I'm going to make the, the the whole thing. It starts at twelve o'clock at night. And finishes at about seven, so it depends. It depends really on who's batting. I think. Yeah. Well, I reckon if, if you're anything like me, you'll be you'll be waiting for Stokes and Butler to bat, and you'll probably give the Burns and Milan and the like a, a bit of a wide berth. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. You read my mind. <laughs> Uh, good man. All right. Well, Keezy, we really appreciate you joining us, mate, and um, thanks heaps for. Uh, for coming on and and um, just dissecting the ashes for us and giving a, a bit of a bit of a uh, eye to what we can expect. So thanks heaps, mate, and uh, and enjoy Thank yourself you, over there. Looking forward to catching up in time. Anytime, Go well. It is time for us now to talk a little bit of racing, and as they say in racing, well, the show must go on. Racing's debacle at Trentham on Saturday. We're in abandonment, left many out of pocket, and the goodwill. They we're back at the track at Hastings before. 
this weekend's Tarapa picks up the Wakefield Challenge Stakes and also the Group 1 Captain Cook Stakes. What a hot, hot day of racing it is at Tarapa on Saturday. I'm going to be there. Anyway, Royden Burgesson is a leading trainer based down in the Central Districts. Absolute champion of a bloke. His son's a pretty bloody good trainer too, just quietly. Anyway, good morning, Berg. Morning, how are you? Good, mate. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, Izzy's there. Here, Izzy's there. He's just waiting. He's just got his. He's got his tea. How are you, brother? Waiting for you to give us a tip later on in the Yeah, show. very good. Thank yeah, you. I want a tip. Good. <laughs> tip for me later. I'm uh, back, mate. I'm back. Hang on. I'm punting. I'm back. As of right now, I'm a back. Bit of foreplay first. Just wait. Uh, anyway, Berg, <laughs> talk to us about your filly, mate. Wolverine. She's the one to beat, surely. Uh, yeah, very nice filly. Um, just nuisance what happened on Saturday. She was ready to go. So, look, we've chucked in a nomination and um, we'll see how she make her final decision tomorrow after she has a little bit of quiet work and um, hope she draws good and she'll be there. Danielle's going to ride yeah. it. Yeah. So. But unfortunate for um, Lisa, she had uh, done all the work on her so far, but um, she shared the ride up. She was down the ride at um, Awapuni, so she stuck there. But, and that, we weren't, wasn't really 100% on coming, so I said to her, look, I don't really know until I speak to Australian bloodstock. And um, we'd sort of set out a plan that we were going to miss this race and go to the lift flips and then to the crack of minions. But, um, yeah, um, Australian Bloodstock want us to race on Saturday, so that's where we'll probably end up. Oh, Bit of a nuisance, but yeah. didn't really want to trip her up there so many times, but um, she's got to have a look at, oh, since she goes right on Saturday, she's got to have a look at um, Ellerslie sometimes, so best to probably give them a start there before the big dance, so hopefully everything will go all right. Yeah, so so the filly is, she's half-owned by Australian Bloodstock, right? And Luke was telling us, Luke Morrell was telling us in the weekend that he's pretty analytical when it comes to buying and racing horses and all that. Are they quite cool to work with, that that operation? Or are they yeah, sort of, they, they get a bit get a bit in your face? Um, no, they're pretty good. Um, I haven't spoken to Luke for the last couple of days. Um, I was in touch with him early last week, and they've just they've said to us, like, um, when she's in New Zealand, you know, under your control, but I've got a message from them yesterday to say that they're really keen on running in the Wakefield. Um, so we'll just see what happens today. See if she draws and make a decision. Yeah, he looks pretty pretty cool guy. So good to talk to him. Uh, really nice guy. So see what happens. Sorry. Hey mate, with the delay of the week, you know how you know we speak to a lot of a lot of trainers, and they're right. The preparation is right up to that minute out from from the race. This week out, the preparation wise, has has that affected the horse's preparation? And is there anything you've had to change this week or, or do differently heading into this week? And I know the travel's a big factor as well. Um, we're pretty lucky. She went two hours in the road from Trenton, so she was back in a box by. Three o'clock to two o'clock or something. She went on the walker for about twenty minutes when she got home. And just had Sunday afternoon off. Um, quite work on Monday. She had a good gallop yesterday and she galloped really well. Um, very fresh this morning, so it hasn't harmed her. So she's looking pretty good at the moment. Okay. 
Nice, nice. Well, we're looking forward to that. We're, we we had uh we had Wolverine up against Carla on the weekend. There was a big battle because Baz actually trained and bred Carla, and then he sold her. Silly fella. He was he was. I didn't train it. But mate, Hastings yeah, well, today. That. Imagine me trying to train a horse. Oh, oh no, you didn't train it, but you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're pretty. You're pretty, mate. Anyway, Hastings today, you got another couple of nice chances there for sure. Bradman in race four. Yeah, um, I've got a filly in race three from the first start home. She's um, quite a start. She's a stay in filly. Just, we're looking at a trial, but um, the track's pretty good over there, so I'm going to run her. Um, drawn badly, we'll get that. But she should find the line right. She's nominated for the Oaks. I think she'll make a nice staying filly in the autumn. So she kicks off today. Then Bradman race four. Um, look, he's been a enigma. He's been the hardest horse I've trained. He's just got so much ability, but does some terrible things in a race. I think should have gelded him before we raced him. He's um, every race he's in the stops report. He's just gets himself into so much trouble. <laughs> but drawn that. Drawn the ace today, I think um, she'll bounce him in the lead. He's, been, he's pretty good at the trolls when he leads. He's, he's comfortable, but when he gets in the monks and he starts doing stupid things, so oh, I put the pedal down pretty early, and hopefully no one's going to take us on. And if he gets a nice soft lead, I think it'd be really hard to beat. Nice, nice. Hey, um, Berg, so your boy Sam, he's uh, he's making waves in the training world as well. Obviously, plays. Plays fullback in the great UMS rugby side. For your information, there is he. Yeah, I share the dressing room, you know. Share the footy field with Berg's son Sam. Champion, good footy player, solid, silky, you know, like sort of Stephen Larkham s sort of glides through the defence. Anyway, uh, he's doing well in the uh, in the training game as well, mate. You must be delighted for him. Yeah, he's working hard and he's to be rewarded. He's um, he's full on with it and joys Jamie. And Dave, um, you know, teaching them the right things, so you'll learn a lot there. You want to learn much here, but you'll learn a lot there. <laughs> Are you dumb on the boots again? <laughs> I'll be out there, mate. Absolutely. Especially if you're going to come and watch, then I'm definitely I'm out there, Berg, you know. <laughs> Just, you've got to make your commitment yeah, yeah. to the well, boys actually, down. I actually watched actually watch more games than Madam had the last year than I did in Palmy. Yes. I enjoyed it. He is cheaper in the clubhouse, that's why. <laughs> I think Sam's going to drop back to play on your team, isn't he? Oh, let's hope so. Oh, that, hang on, that's not ideal for me. That means I've got to go to the bench. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Baz. <laughs> I, I, might be, I might be sitting there next to you. I stand next to you in the clubhouse then, Berg, if that's the case. Oh, well. Well, we better get a bigger TV in to watch the racing in between, <laughs> in between the games then. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. Oh, tough morning. Uh, all right, mate. Well, we'll let you go, but we really appreciate you joining uh, Izzy and myself got, here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Right oh, 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 that's what we're waiting for. I was just about to ask you that. What is Port it? Portorina. Okay. Portorina. Win. You'll go right. Win. Yeah. Bad draw, but not each way. A eh? win. Strong. Win a. Eh? Each each way. Oh, Bradman. That's a win. Bradman on to yeah, um, Porterino for a play. That, that's a win, is he? Okay. Oh, I'm not sure if you heard that right. Yep. I heard win. You know. All right, thanks, Bert. I'm on the nose, never on the tail. 
<laughs> Absolute legend, Royd and Burgesson. Thanks heaps for joining us, mate, and uh, and all the best this weekend and all the best today as well. <laughs>